if you are a juror or someone who will be testifying uh, in this trial, go ahead and turn it off so you don't get in trouble. And this and this video is not a a, a, a uh, exhibit in, in in courtroom. I don't want that. We'll keep it right here between us and not in a courtroom. So if you're a juror or someone who's going to be testifying, go ahead and turn it off now. Day two of the Zach Simmons trial is in the books uh, today here on April 20th, 2022. This was day number two. Uh, day number one was yesterday on, uh, my days are so mixed up, Tuesday, April 19th. As more witnesses would come to the stand today, again, Zach Simmons, this is a, a trial on, a, on a, a sad situation that took place on October 26, 2019. Uh, 33-year-old Mandy Gorsh uh, was hit uh, outside of a Guthrie nightclub called Roosters on Oklahoma, Oklahoma Avenue. Just, uh, just blocks from the, uh, the police, not blocks, just uh, feet yards from the police department on that night and Zach Simmons has been charged with leaving the scene of a fatality accident. Uh, this, uh, this not manslaughter, uh, involuntary, anything like that. This is leaving the scene of a fatality accident and the maximum punishment for that if found guilty and the maximum pus- punishment is given is 10 years. And if you caught uh, yesterday's day one, uh, podcast that I did here, um, I do want to correct one thing, and I, I do apologize that uh, Mandy, this, uh, Mandy was hit about 11.30 that night, and she died uh, on, on the way to the hospital in Amlitz. I think she uh, was pronounced um, sometime a few, an hour, maybe hour and a half, two hours, 1.30, maybe in the morning. Uh, from the injuries that she uh, that she suffered in that deal, so I, I misquoted that time yesterday. I, it was several hours off, but I do want to correct that and I apologize for that. But uh, she did die just uh, within a few hours of, of this incident. And I and I I'm going through my notes here. Uh, I shared yesterday. These are the notes that I take uh, in the courtroom here. Uh, there's no video court recorders or cameras inside the courtroom, so it's uh, off my memory and off my notes that I take here. And, again, 12 jurors, 7 women, 5 men. I went over that yesterday on all that good stuff. So if you want to see uh, what happened on day one, uh, you can go to uh, Guthrie News page YouTube. You can go to Guthrie News page Facebook, or you can go to... Uh, any of the podcast platforms out there, Apple, Spotify, Google, any of that good stuff. So um, I also want to say this. These are just the notes that I take. These are my opinions. My opinion means nothing. Uh, I, I try to keep my opinion out of it for the most part and just give you what was said on, on, on the stand. Uh, I'll, I'll throw in some, some of my comments, but again, uh, what I think has nothing to do with that. It's the 12 jurors. They come down to that. And also, uh, this is when you know, I've covered several trials over the last decade, and they, they are tough, especially when there's a fatality in there. And there was more uh, family members in there in the, in the courtroom today than they were yesterday. And they'll probably get bigger and bigger as this trial goes on. But uh, they're going through a very hard time as well. Uh, you know, different witnesses say stuff that triggers moments for them. And uh, I feel really sorry for them because – 
Uh, I'm listening. I'm watching the jurors. I'm watching the reactions. I'm looking at the attorneys for their reactions, uh, how they're going to, when they hear something, how they react, how uh, they might try to um, exploit something that uh, someone had said. But I also keep looking over the family, and a lot of times they're looking down, and, you know, they're just trying to be tough in a situation. So uh, it's uh, really, really tough. I, I met uh, Mandy Gorsh's brother today. Uh, he's been there every day. And will be for all of it, and uh, I know it's uh, that's the one I keep looking at the tough. I really don't know the other family members. I know they're close, but uh, I do. I met Manny's brother today, and uh, uh, he listens and watches very intent and uh, really involved, as you expect. I mean, that's his sister that that died in a in a tough, tough situation. So I just want to get all those out there real quick. Uh, uh, before we before we go over what had happened today, uh, again, if you missed yesterday, that is still on there and will always be on there. So if you want to get that, so today the uh, another note real quick, there was a death on the defendant side or not the defendant side. I'm sorry, yeah, the defense side uh, with the law office, and so court did not start until 1:30 today. Uh, the funeral was this morning for for the law office. Uh, uh, person and so court started today at 1:30 and went all the way to five o'clock. There was about a 15, 18 minute break, but uh, the jurors were in there uh, for three and a half hours, so probably three hours and 15 minutes of testimony today. Uh, I can tell you who testified real quick, and then we'll go into some of their stuff. Uh, Jenny Gorsh uh, testified that was Mandy's wife. Uh, she was the first one uh, to testify, and she was on there by far the longest. Uh, she was with Mandy, Tommy McClure, and Josh Roeder uh, the night of the incident. Also testifying was Josh Roeder, uh, Dominic Gwynn, and uh, a bystander. I uh, mentioned yesterday there was uh, four people uh, in Mandy's group, and I, I do believe three people in Zach Simmons' group. Uh, and there was one person so far who has testified that was not part of that group, and we'll get to his testimony here in a little bit. I thought he did a really good job today. Uh, did Dominic Gwynn, uh, Jenny Gorsh, and going backwards here. Uh, who else testified? Uh, Jeff Ware, the Sooner, the Sooner Volunteer Fire Department Chief, uh, now nine years, almost ten years. He was on the stand for about 39 seconds. Uh, I'm making up that point, but... No more than two minutes was he on the stand. Uh, he basically said that uh, Zach Simmons, who's uh, the defendant in here, uh, was the lieutenant for the far, for the volunteer fire department, issued him shirts, issued him a radio, and issued him a badge. And Scott Adams, the defense attorney, didn't have any questions for him. And so Jeff Ware was basically there to say, he was issued a badge, and the badge, um, if you paid attention yesterday, played a part in this case, and uh, it, it came up a few times today, and we'll get into that as well. The other person to testify was uh, Heather McNeil. She's with the Guthrie Police Department, and she was the last person to testify today. And uh, tomorrow, uh, Lieutenant Mark Bruning, the lead investigator, is expected to take the stand tomorrow. I would certainly think. Uh, Lieutenant Bruning will be on the stand two to three hours. And then I think after that, the state will rest their case, I think. Then after that, it's the defense turn to put on their 
witnesses. And so I really think uh, with the courthouse closed on Friday, um, this case will go to Monday. Uh, I would, I'd be surprised if the jurors got the case tomorrow, but uh, you never know what, what will happen. But uh, I'm guessing Friday or on Monday will be uh, when the jurors have the, um, their opportunity to decide uh, innocent or guilty. Okay, let's get into the testimony here. Not enough hours for the action. I had a few months later. Okay. So, again, uh, Jenny Gorsh, um, she, um, as you can imagine, emotional throughout the entire time uh, up on the witness stand. And I've learned after yesterday, just to kind of read my notes and then I'll stop there. Um, it, it, she was on there for about an hour. Um, um, Again, she broke down uh, multiple times, as you can imagine, uh, talking about the scene uh, on that October night. Um, so Jenny, she says she can't recall what they were talking about, uh, talking about inside the inside uh, roosters. We have not. Oh, by the way, we have not seen the video of inside roosters yet. Uh, we did hear the nine one one call. Uh, today that was made by Dominic Gwynn. Uh, we did hear the jurors heard that today, but we have yet to see any video, whether it be inside or outside yet. Uh, that could come tomorrow, especially with Lieutenant uh, Brunning on there. Uh, but yesterday, uh, testimony showed that there was a video of two females hugging and a handshake between two males. Uh, we found out that Zach and Tommy uh, shook hands and then Mallory, and, or excuse me, yeah, Mallory and Jenny. Uh, Mallory is the girlfriend at the time. Now the wife, uh, the the Mallory is now married to Zach Simmons. But uh, Zach and and uh, Tommy shake hands. Mallory and Jenny uh, hugged. Uh, I don't know. Really, it was kind of hard to follow what was going on, uh, but there. But at that time, everything seemed to be okay. We had a handshake. We had a hug. Everything seemed to be okay inside Roosters. So Jenny testifies that she hears screaming from Mallory, who's in the truck on the passenger side. So Zach and his and, and Mallory leave at 11.26. And then two minutes later, at 11.28, Mandy, Jenny, and, and the, the two males walk out and... Uh, da, 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 da. As Jenny says she heard some some screaming from Mallory in the in the in the tr- in the truck, and uh, she said the truck was trying to pull or was over trying to get ready to pull out of the parking lot. Um, she said uh, that Jenny and Tommy were on the driver's side. Josh Roder goes to the driver's side as well, and that's when. All this took place in about 26 seconds. All this took place in 26 seconds. But uh, uh, Zach showed a badge, kind of flashed the badge. They they said it kind of showed it like that, and sometimes it showed it like that. Regardless, he he he, he flashed the badge, said "Get back, get back," uh, or something. There's kind of didn't really say exactly. There's different testimony from different people, but basically, "Get back, get back," and and they and they did back up. And then someone said, uh, uh, 
I can't remember who said it. Maybe it'll be in my notes here in a second. But someone said F you. Uh, they actually said the words, but they said F you. And that's when uh, Jenny said that Zach drove, uh, made a right turn on Oklahoma Avenue. Uh, turn right. Saw the truck take off. Mandy was uh, in the street laying there. Uh, she's told Josh, go get the tag number on the on the truck that is driving away. And Josh, who testified later, said he did run until the truck took off again. Uh, but he couldn't get the tag number. And that if he did get the tag number, he his memory wouldn't he wouldn't have remembered anyway. Uh, Man, uh, Jenny says she's holding Mandy in her arms uh, after she was hit. Uh, Mandy, uh, Jenny, Jenny's testimony was kind of confusing and hard to follow at times. Um, she at times was kind of rambling. It was kind of hard to follow at times. Uh, she was contradicting herself a few times. Well, I'll get to that when uh, we do a little bit cross cross examination here. But uh, uh, Jenny said he gets out of his vehicle, looks at his truck, and gets back in. I talk about Zach Simmons doing that. Uh, and when she's describing this, this is when the family starts breaking down um, uh, as, as Jenny is describing uh, Mandy in her arms and uh, all this stuff. But uh, Mandy at the time, uh, Jenny said was she was unable to speak. I think Josh says she was unable to speak. And Donna Gwynn, the other witness, says she was unable to speak as well uh, after getting, uh, well, we'll talk about getting hit uh, here in a second. Um, Uh, Jenny also said she thought Zach was going to come back and maybe help 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 out Jenny and Mandy um, and help take her to the hospital. That's what Jenny was thinking. That's what she testified today. So cross examination, uh, the attorney for Scott for Zach Simmons is Scott Adams, and you heard me talk yesterday. Uh, a real popular Oklahoma. Uh, Defense attorney, criminal attorney, uh, he does. He, he's had some big cases in Oklahoma, but uh, uh, but he he talked to her, and the, the first first thing they talked about is the uh, what looked like maybe an altercation inside Rooster that was quickly went away with the hug and the handshake. Uh, he was trying to get what the what the dispute was, but Jenny couldn't remember what if any there was some dispute there. Uh, she talked about Mallory being pretty. And that's why she hugged her because she's a real nice, caring person. She likes to hug people. Uh, then later she said it was a makeup hug. What What were they making up? She she couldn't remember. She says I say a sorry a lot, but um, she uh, she she believes there was a handshake uh, between the two gentlemen. But uh, again, she it was kind of back and forth. It was kind of hard to follow at times. Uh, she says, I was intoxicated. Um, she said at one time she was going back to the, back at when, the, when everyone's at the truck, she says she went back to Roosters uh, to go back in. And that's when she said she heard the, uh, when she heard the truck take off. Uh, then they moved on to her statement. Um, so, Imagine uh, Manny now in an ambulance going off. Uh, the uh, Jenny said the paramedic said 
she's fine, she's going to be fine. And so Jenny thought everything was fine there because, not to get too detailed here, but uh, there was no blood, no no trauma, no for, trauma uh, to the head or anything like that. And so uh, Jenny said she was told that everything was going to be okay. Uh, obviously, she found out uh, around 3 o'clock that uh, Mandy had passed. But um, but as she drives, uh, as the ambulance is gone and uh, the police are on the scene, she's asked to fill out a statement and uh, she can't. She had a hard time writing the statement. Had a hard time reading her own statement. Uh, and so Scott Adams, the attorney, was talking about, "Is that because you were too intoxicated?" And she says, "I have bad handwriting all the time." But uh, she did admit she was intoxicated. Uh, it kind of got into detail. Extremely de- uh, intoxicated. Very intoxicated. Uh, it was that went back and forth. Obviously, trying to talk to the jurors um, is the attorneys. Um, trying to let the jurors know she was extremely intoxicated. But uh, police officer uh, McNeil, who testified, said um, not they, – they, they, st- they could stand up. They weren't – were, you know, you see people intoxicated, they can barely stand up. But um, they were slurring their words. But, um, again, it was confusing throughout Jenny's testimony because one time she said she was holding Jenny back, but then later uh, was holding her like a pit bull as she was holding on to her. But – Testimony showed later that Jenny was out there first, and then Mandy followed. And so, uh, not only do you have the trial today, but there's a preliminary trial uh, several months ago uh, that that Jenny couldn't remember when she wrote out a statement. She, Jenny couldn't remember the day after ta- talking to the police. The day after, she couldn't remember stuff at the preliminary tri- at the trial. But then she remembers some of the details today. And Scott Adams, Scott Adams, the defense attorney, said, "Did someone tell you?" Did someone tell you to say this? And she said, no, I've had more time to think about it. I've had more time to think about it as I've relived this this day in my in my mind every single day. Uh, but um, because speaking, of, you know, at the time she's today, she said, uh, that Scott had got out of his truck, out of his vehicle, looked at his truck, and got back in. Well, during the preliminary hearing, she she said he didn't stop. He, um, he pumped his brakes. That's what uh, she said at the preliminary hearing. But then today, she said. He stopped, got out. So which one? Which one is it? Did he pump the brakes and leave? Did he not get out, or did he get out this time? Um, that's that's why I was kind of saying that, that her testimony was kind of confusing at times. Um, lights in the back, getting out, looking at his truck. Did someone tell you to say he stopped? That's what Scott Adams asked her. Did someone ask you to say he stopped? That's when she said, "I've had time to think about it." So that was Jenny's uh, testimony about an hour. Again, it was tough. Uh, the court reporter had to ask several times, what did, what did you say? Because she's trying to take down the, the notes, uh, which are very important. Uh, but Jenny um, appeared to be um, talking low, mumbling her words where they weren't very uh, clear. And so that's when the court reporter had to ask a couple of times to repeat herself. Couple, the attorneys had to ask her to repeat herself. Um as well, the next person to take the stand was Josh Rudder. So, uh, obviously, Mandy, the victim, Jenny, the wife, 
Tommy McClure, who we heard yesterday. And today we met the fourth, uh, we heard from the fourth person, which is Josh Roeder. And uh, Josh Roeder works here in Guthrie. He did not know the last name of Mandy and Jenny. Uh, he knew them, but didn't uh, know their last name. He says when jo- Josh testified that when he walked out, he heard yelling. He heard, stop, Mandy, Jenny, uh, gets Jenny away. Uh, try, uh, Josh is trying to get Jenny away from the situation. He's trying to be the peacekeeper of this deal. And he, he said that several, several times, trying to get him away so Zach Simmons and that group can just drive away and get out of the way. That's what Josh was trying to do. Uh, he said he did not, uh, he said he did not see. So the way Josh testified today that Jenny was already at the truck and that he was kind of holding Mandy back. And then Josh went to go get Jenny and somehow, uh, Josh did not see Mandy leave from roosters go to the passenger side. So the testimony is kind of all over the place. Uh, and this is what the jurors are hearing. So they're saying they're hearing Jenny was first, Mandy was first. Um, very confusing. And so I think that's going to have to come together a little bit. But um, but Josh says he leaves Mandy so he can go get Jenny. Uh, and that's when Josh said, Zach Simmons said, uh, step back when he showed the badge, step back. Uh, that Josh says uh, he... I put quotes on this. He observed the truck to bounce. So Josh takes off. That's when Josh Roeder says he saw the truck bounce. And then when the truck left, he saw Mandy on the ground. He also says that he took after the truck running. He stopped for a moment and uh, looked at, he says, Zach Simmons looked at his truck, jumped back in. This was about a block away. And Josh says he's yelling uh, that you hit somebody. Uh, I think it comes out later that he was he said some other things. I'm going to kick your, you know, I think I wrote that down here a second. We'll get to that. But uh, on cross-examination. Uh, Josh Roder said he assumed he had heard him. Uh, I'm not sure. At, at the time before Zach made that right turn, the windows were down, but were the windows up um, when Josh is yelling? Or did Zach Simmons get out of the truck? Um, depends on what testimony you hear or, or who, whose testimony you believe. Uh, <clears throat> he said Mandy could not uh, could not speak. Um, during the preliminary a preliminary hearing uh, said he did not recall the question and answers, but uh, but he was able to recall them today. So that Scott Adams was going through the pre, uh, the log from the prelim, and the same similar questions I, I'm, I'm guessing were asked there the Q and A the question and answers, and he couldn't recall that day. He couldn't recall all the details that he gave today at the preliminary hearing. So uh, he remembers more today than he did uh, at the prelim hearing several um, uh, months ago. Uh, but he could not recall if uh, who walked out first. He couldn't remember that. Uh, he said Mandy and 
Jenny had left before him. He was holding Mandy back. Jenny at the truck. Did not see Jenny holding Mandy back. Um, uh, Josh said, as, talking about Zach Simmons, he said he, he stopped, got out, uh, and that's when Josh said, you hit somebody. And then there was some other stuff saying, um, I'm going to do this to you and all that good stuff. What uh, Zach Simmons, we, we probably won't know uh, if Zach Simmons heard him or not. Uh, the Came out that he was also intoxicated as well. So the three witnesses that were with Mandy that night all were all uh, what has come out as intoxicated. Were they very intoxicated? Were they extremely intoxicated? Don't know that level of intoxication. So, um, so it's been kind of hard to follow exactly what happened. Do you believe what happened? What they said at the preliminary hearing, where they don't have their memory wasn't as good, or do you believe them now, where maybe they've had more time to think about it? And um, I don't know. So it's the jurors are in a tough spot of where to be. And remember, it is the state's responsibility, it is the Logan County District Attorney's Office, to make. The, they have to produce the burden of proof, and did and we'll get to Dominic Gwynn's uh, the innocent bystanders, what uh, what he said here, but um, it's the state's responsibility to prove that their case. And right now, uh, again, my opinion means nothing. But right now, I think they're still trying to convince the jurors of their case, but, uh, this is only day two of probably four. So we'll see how the rest of the, of the time goes. That's just my opinion. Maybe all, all the jurors have different opinions. Uh, Dominic Gwynn, uh, this was a, uh, a, uh, well-spoken individual. He was at blowout and he was making his way to roosters. And this is when he heard uh commotion and I'll go into his, some of my notes here that, that, uh, but he was having a drinks with friends at the blowout. 60 yards away, he sees an argument. This is the argument at the truck. He saw three people on the driver's side, one on the one on the other side. He heard F you from a male's voice. Was it Zach Simmons? Was it Tommy? Was it uh, Josh? Don't know. It was a male's voice. A male voice. He said, uh, Dominic Gwynn said he peeled out, uh, hit the gas, and made a right turn. He's uh, this bystander, Dominic, said he saw Mandy in front of the truck, uh, and then he couldn't see her. So he sees Mandy in front of the truck. Then the truck takes off, and then he doesn't see her. So that, and that's when he says he jogged to the scene, saw Mandy laying on the ground. And he called 911. That 911 um, recording was played uh, in front of the jurors, so they got to hear that. It was maybe two minutes. You can hear people in the background on the call. Uh, dispatcher said, we "We're going we're to stay on the on the phone until uh, police show up. Please show up." And then the phone is disconnected. Uh, and Mandy was in the entryway. Remember, uh, Zach Simmons. When, when the confrontations are happening at the driver's side and the passenger side, he's in that parking lot across from Roosters, and he's getting ready. He's in that little entry exit way. That's where all this takes place. 
and uh, Mandy was right uh, was found to be in that right in that that area. Uh, so again, Dominic said he could not see her. He jogged to the scene, called nine one one. Mandy was in the entryway. Uh, Dominic went. He he called nine one one. He saw brake lights, but he doesn't recall anyone getting out of the truck. Uh, but he also said that he was concentrating on his nine one one call, not not a whole lot on the truck. He was just trying to get help there. Uh, Dominic, uh, did, he did a great job on the stand. Uh, I thought he did a really good job. This is just the innocent bystander. But uh, on cross-exam, um, Scott Adams talked to him, and Dominic said he didn't see her. He didn't see Mandy get hit by the truck. He has assumed that she had get by the truck, and and Dominic is right. No one. We think no one. Maybe Zach. I don't know. Maybe Zach Soller. Maybe he didn't. I don't. We don't know that. Will we ever know that? Probably not. But because uh, I don't think he's going to testify in this case. But uh, Dominic said he didn't see the car hit her, but he saw her in front. And the next thing, she's on the ground. So yes, uh, obviously, uh, Mandy was hit by Zach Simmons' vehicle. Uh, Dominic said did not recall anyone getting out of the vehicle. Again, he was concentrating on that 911 call, not necessarily that uh, vehicle. And that uh, took us to uh, next one was Jeff Ware, the Sooner Fire Chief, and then uh, Heather McNeil with the Guthrie Police Department. Uh, Heather McNeil was really there to collect statements. Um, she she testified the intoxication levels, and really that was most uh, from Heather McNeil on that one there. So, um so that, that was basically day two. I know it's kind of hard to follow, and I'm kind of all over the place, but I, I'm trying to be fair to the whole deal, but I just don't know, was the information at the preliminary hearing the the, the true information they had, or is today true? And I honestly think the jurors are thinking the same thing. Um, and the attorneys, are, uh, the attorneys are trying to figure that out as well. And they were going through, well, you said this on this day, but now you're saying something different today. Which, you know, which one is it? And so that's why this is a, a very tough, tough case. And you got to remember someone died from this deal and the family members having to go through this. But as a juror, you got to stay focused and they, you have to be convinced. Um, and I said this the other day. Yes, I think. Zach Simmons' truck hit Mandy. She died from that. Uh, did he know that he hit her? Did he know? I, I said yesterday, I've, I've pulled out of that parking lot many, many times, and I hit the curb nine out of ten times. I am not kidding. Nine out of ten times I hit that curb just because it's so narrow. So did Zach Simmons know that he hit Mandy and left? Don't know. Did Zach Simmons think he hit the curb did he think someone punched his truck? Did what? Why? If he got out, is that what he was looking for? Obviously, he felt something. What was it that he felt? We don't know. And uh, that's the only answer we'd probably get from that. I think it would be Zach Simmons. Uh, there is video surveillance that um, was. Outdoors surveillance video will that video show that? Uh, maybe, but I would think 
we might have heard it by seen or heard about that by now, uh, but we haven't seen that evidence yet. Uh, Zach Simmons was he was at a bar for a couple of hours, so you assume he was drinking. Uh, some people would say he went on because he hit somebody, and if he has alcohol in his system, then he's going to be in trouble. Uh, was he intoxicated? Don't know. And we would never know that because Zach Simmons went home, drove away, went home, or wherever he went, and so there was no blood draw, alcohol, blood drug test, none of that stuff because uh, didn't know whose truck it was until the investigation. I, Lieutenant Mark Brennigan will testify tomorrow. Uh, I don't know if we'll learn a whole lot. Uh, uh, I think... The most interesting thing that I will be paying attention to uh, was is when Lieutenant Bruning interviews Zach Simmons. What did Zach Simmons say, Lieutenant Bruning? That will be a big part of what's going on as well. I would assume he he, he didn't he didn't know. Uh, we do know through his attorney statements when he was first arrested and was bonded out of jail, uh, Scott Adams. And if you want to go through, I think there's three articles on Guthrie News page. Search Zach Simmons. And then you can kind of see how the preliminary hearing went and some of the statements that Scott Adams had said. But uh, he said he didn't know he had hit, had hit anybody until Mark Bruning had told him that he had been hit. So uh, we'll have a full day tomorrow uh, of testimony. I'm sure we'll go 9 to noon and then 1.30 to 5 o'clock. How far that will get us. Uh, Lieutenant Mark Bruning scheduled to be the first one to go uh, testify tomorrow. State is expected to rest then, and then it's the defense turn to bring on their uh, their witnesses. Then after that, it will, the the defense won't have as many witnesses to call to the stand as the state has. Um, I thought Scott Adams was again uh, very good today. He seemed to be on the offensive side. Uh, the district attorney's office didn't really um, say a whole lot. Uh, as far as I thought the defense was or the state was more just question and answering. It didn't really had that ooh ah moment to me. Uh, again, just my opinion. It's the jurors, the 12 jurors over there that uh, totally something. But if I'm going to send somebody to jail, uh, I'm going to need some something there to convince me. Uh, did he hit her? Yes. But. You have to plead. You have the state has the burden of the proof to show uh, what they're trying to get you uh, jurors to find guilty of, which is leaving the scene of an accident. And right now, yes, he left, but did he knowing that he hit somebody? That is that's gonna be tough. That's tough, even without knowing the facts or or hearing the witness. That's still gonna be tough to uh, to get a juror to find a guilty deal on that. But um, We'll see how it plays out on day three tomorrow. So hopefully it was not too confusing. I know I I was when I was writing these notes down today, I was like, oh man, they said this and they didn't say this and they changed their mind here and they go back here. And so uh, very, very confusing. So um, my kiddo needs picked up carnival night. I'm going to do that. Hopefully, um, uh, We'll come back tomorrow and uh, see what day three has. Thanks for the update. Thank you, Cole Hood, Hood for that uh, 
for that comment. Appreciate that. All right. I hope everyone has a great night, great 89er week, parade, all that good stuff. And um, again, uh, Judge Corley today, great job as he had to use his uh, judge voice a couple times as the attorneys kind of got into it, not into it, but uh, uh, talking over each other. And he had to kind of uh, control that a little bit. But uh, anyway, I'm out of here. Have a great day. And we'll come back tomorrow with day three update.